how this all came about? How are you sitting in the desert right now? Was it Instagram? Was it um, something happening to where you're like, life's short. Like, what was the actual catalyst for you to be here right now? What is that comic book story, number one? Okay. Um, so I guess the first time that I had seen Van Life, I was actually looking up um, some... I was actually looking up some videos about things to do in Peru because we were supposed to be going there in May of 2020, but I mean, we all know how that turned out. Um, so we were just looking up nice things to do and I stumbled across a YouTube video of somebody that lived in a van and had driven all the way from the United States down to Peru and it just kind of sparked everything from there. Just the thought of living in a vehicle and actually being able to travel because travel is something that we've always wanted to do. and. We have a dog, so it makes it just a little bit more difficult. So finding a way to actually do that while having a dog with us is kind of just jump-started everything from there. So mm -hmm. then we kind of fell in this rabbit hole of looking everything up, and we decided it was the best time in our lives to do it. So um, that's kind of how we ended up here, and we built out the van, and we're loving it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you alluded to, like, right when we first met that... Uh you know, doing the two weeks PTO wasn't exactly your rodeo. Mm -hmm. um, and again, going back to that 20%, they were you the point pre actually doing it? Like, it's like something you thought was cool, something you're looking up online. They're obviously watching this video because mm -hmm. they're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. What I want to unpack, what, what, what's intriguing to me is you actually took the leap and you did it. Yeah. So, again, kind of going back to that same vein of the first question, what was the catalyst that actually made you do it? Was it you as a team that made a foundation that you were uh -huh. like, okay, like kind of having each other's back? Was it, you know, you guys were like, well, I'm not really liking this job. Like, what was the actual thing that made you pull the trigger and actually get it done? Mm -hmm. So, it... It definitely took me a little longer to get on board. I think Christine was kind of all in from the start once we kind of decided it's something we could do uh, before we pulled the trigger. Uh, Christine was definitely more into it at first. It took me a little longer to turn the page. Um, but then I think, you know, we took a road trip out west through Dakota, the Dakotas, out to Yellowstone, and we got to kind of experience that camping living in your car situation and I really liked it. I was like, okay, I, I could see this as a realistic possibility. Um, you know, and then we went on another vacation and we were out of PTO then. So pretty quickly we couldn't go on another vacation for, you know, another six months. So kind of started to click as like, I want this to be my life. Like I want to be on the road. I want to experience things while working. Like why can't I work and travel? So we kind of sat down, came up with a budget. Christine was smiling year to year because I was finally <laughs> on board and started looking at purchasing a van. When it came down to transitioning to remote work, was that a situation where with COVID, your job automatically went that? Did you have to make moves to do remote work? Because mm -hmm. again, 20%, I'm saying it nauseam at this point, yeah. but to the 20%, like, how did you go about actually transitioning your work to remote? Was it negotiations with your current employers? Was mm -hmm. it going online? Was it asking around? Can you touch base on how you went from solid in-person work to this remote laptop? 
So once COVID hit, my job actually went part-time remote. So I was part-time in the office and part-time um, working remotely. Um, but my company actually went back full-time in person. So when we were transitioning to this lifestyle, we were building out our rig and everything like that. And I knew I needed to find a new job because um, my my old job wasn't able to be a full-time remote position. So um, I looked online and I found a really great opportunity for me, part-time remote work, completely remote company, so um, and very flexible hours. So that worked out really good for me. I'm How'd you find that? Okay. Um, I was just I just searched online to find this job. I just I think I found this particular position on LinkedIn. Um, and I've when I was looking, I found that there was a lot of remote jobs, especially after the whole COVID-19 crisis, just because people found that they were capable of working remotely and everything getting done. So I'm a CPA, Certified Professional Accountant. Um, so I work for a small remote bookkeeping firm um, and we do the books for a lot of small companies and that sort of thing. So that's what I do that allows me to live this lifestyle. I was a recruiter for a staffing service. Um, the challenge with that position, uh, going fully remote, is, you know, we're in a city. People come to us. We're walk-in hospitality type business, so we have to, you know, be in an actual office so people can come to us looking for jobs. So I talked to them about switching to something fully remote. Uh, unfortunately, it just wasn't doable. So I started looking on Indeed for more remote type positions. Um, I wanted to do more than just like data entry or just entering books and just kind of just mind numbing work. So I started looking for recruiting or talent acquisition coordinator type positions where I could be part of something bigger. Uh, and I ended up finding uh, a job um, that is fully remote as well. Um, so I can kind of work, pick and choose my hours. Um, and I work for a company that's in the healthcare field. So I'm able to just kind of call people who apply to our jobs, get them set up and then potentially offer them a job. Uh, and I can do it from anywhere. Uh, we typically will work between the van. Uh, I like to work in the van just because I am a recruiter. I'm on the phone a lot. And yeah, just because I am a recruiter, I'm on the phone a lot, doing phone screens, Zoom interviews, things like that. Uh, and Christine likes to work in like a library. That way she can use the library's Wi-Fi to save on our data. And then she's mostly just doing, you know, bookkeeping and stuff like that. When she does have a meeting, sometimes she comes out to the van, sometimes she mm -hmm. stays in the library. But I like to please everyone and not talk too loud in a library. <laughs> so I work from the van. That makes sense. So when it came down to, uh, you know, kind of going back to, okay, we're doing this. What was the thought process with a van versus school bus versus a trailer versus a class A? Mm -hmm. What was the draw to the van over other platforms? So we decided to go with a van versus like a school bus or anything bigger than that because um, we liked how small it was and the drivability of a van versus a school bus or a big RV and that sort of thing. And we also really wanted to build it out ourselves. So that's why we didn't go with an RV that was already built out. We wanted to make everything custom for us and fit all of our needs. So that's kind of what drew us to a van over the other options. Awesome. That makes sense. Um, so you had the, uh, the dream, the idea to do it. And then you hit the road, you've been on the road for a month. Mm -hmm. Perception versus reality. What has been the biggest surprises 
-hmm. what has been the highest highs. And for me personally, when I hit the road, the lows that I was worried about, once they happened, I was like, is this really what I was scared about? Yeah. You know, like you mentioned your tire. Um, mm -hmm. Not that that's something that's necessarily scary, but it's yeah. like, um, I'm always intrigued, especially when people first hit the road, because you had the dream, you did the budget, you did the build, and here you are now. Mm -hmm. I'm always intrigued on the reality versus perception and how that's playing out for you and what this lifestyle is actually like versus what you anticipated. Yeah, yeah I think my biggest fear with the van was, yeah, just it breaks down, you can't get anywhere. You know, I'm not a mechanic. Um, building things like this was the first time I've ever done anything like that. So I was definitely a beginner when it came to building, working on things. Um, so I was a little nervous, you know, what if we get out somewhere and something's wrong with the engine or yada, yada, yada. Uh, about a weekend, our tire blew out. And because we're from Wisconsin, we had winter tires on our van. Well, we were in Tennessee at the time. They don't have winter tires. So they were unable to get a new one of our tires. And then the tires we wanted to switch to long-term, there's a shortage of them. So they were unable to get them. So we were just kind of stuck. And that's just, it's not the best feeling. And that was kind of bringing everything that I was scared about to fruition. Like here we are, we, we got this perfect van and we're stuck. We can't drive it anywhere. Uh, we were eventually able to find a uh, like a mechanic that patched it um they had to do something fancy to it but they were able to patch it. we haven't had any issues since uh but that was kind of like my biggest fear where you know we get to go and do whatever we want when we want to do it subject to how the van's feeling if it wants to get you there or not mm -hmm. uh so that was my biggest fear um but now that we've had to live through it it's not that bad what about you uh, reality perception how, how things have played out I think one of the biggest things that I I guess seeing on social media especially Instagram you see all these beautiful spots that people are parked at and for the first month of our journey we didn't really see a lot of that um, because we were kind of city hopping and going we didn't the places that we were at weren't places that had a lot of BLM land. So we spent a lot of our times at Walmart parking lots and Cracker parking lots and that sort of thing. So that was kind of a little bit of a reality check um, that you're not always going to be in some place that's beautiful and magical. And sometimes you're going to be stuck in a city um, next to the freeway with cars honking and all that kind of stuff. But um, all in all, um, you know, I think it was really great because we got to explore those areas that we never would have been able to um, had we been stuck in our previous life and that sort of thing. So I think that was kind of the biggest shock when starting this lifestyle is you only see the beautiful side of things all over social media, but there's a lot more to that um, once you actually hit the road. Yeah. Um, have you guys gone to an event? It's Tiny Fest, your first one. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued because, and this isn't really a question, it's just more of an observation. Mm -hmm. um, until people go to their first community event, whether it be School of Blues at Tiny Fest, mm -hmm. like, it's like a light switch, night and day difference because you meet other people within the community. Have you met many other van lifers or caravaned with them yet? Not yet. So, not part of the interview, but it's going to be so much different for you guys. You're going to enjoy it so much more. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're super excited for that. As we've started coming west, we've yeah. noticed way more vans and stuff. So we've been, you know, kind of talking to people. We've been meeting a little bit more people, but not like 
you know, necessary. Yeah, not like camping with them. Yeah, not like built those those bonds. Like mm-hmm. we went to a brewery the other day with a couple that was in Tucson. Yeah. Um, we ran into someone in outside of Austin that was from Wisconsin, so we had that immediate connection just being from Wisconsin. But yeah, we haven't yeah. like been in that situation where we can like build those bonds. So yeah, we're excited about Tiny Fest. Just being able to mm-hmm. just meet people who have the same mindset as us, and then you don't have to necessarily be traveling the same spots, but like. You never know. You might circle back around and, holy crap, there they are. You know, they're it's at the so same much park. Better. It's, yeah. it's so much better when you're traveling around, like, caravaning a little bit and kind of going off doing your thing for a week and then meeting back up with the mm-hmm. group. Like, I think once you guys do that, it's going to be, it, at least for everybody that I know, like, it's it's literally like night and day. Like, the first yeah. month or two, it's kind of like you're just getting your feet underneath you, mm-hmm. getting a feel for it. And then when you start doing the community events and meeting other couples, other people you travel with, mm-hmm. That's when the real mm. real stuff happens. Just just a side note. Um, so with this build, um, you know, going from the normal jobs, normal life to building this out and hitting the road, any internal development, any new thought processes, has this experience changed you in any meaningful ways? Like, oh, you have the idea of building a van, you get it done, now you're on the road. Do you feel like you are capable of more have you felt any internal dialogue changes anything interpersonally within yourself or as a couple that this process this lifestyle has changed you um and it doesn't have to be rose-colored glasses i'm just kind of you know pulling pulling at strings here um i think the build process really tested us as a couple together um because we had never worked together like that before um so i mean there was a couple fights and a couple arguments but um, I think it overall made us understand each other a lot more and how each other works, especially, you know, in a normal situation, you know, I'd be going to work and he'd be going to work and we'd be doing our own work, different work ethics. But that coming together, I think, um, improved our relationship and made it grow in a different way that I think wouldn't have happened had we not gone through the build process um, and made us understand each other a little bit more. Um, but as for like self development I guess I mean we're proud that we built this right I mean it's a big accomplishment and it turned out way better than we ever expected it to so we're really happy about that yeah you know for me for like our relationship we just we have very different thinking styles like (laughs) the way I come to a conclusion or an answer is vastly different from how Christine does Mm -hmm. Um, so I think when we were building out the van that was the challenges you know she did most of the planning you know kind of this is how we want to do things. We we came up with that plan and then she's trying to explain something to me and I'm like, hold on, that doesn't make sense. And then, you know, a lot of fights came from, she had explained things to me a few times. Um, but eventually I would understand it. Um, or, you know, I would try to explain something back to her and it wasn't clicking for her because I had done something differently when she wasn't around or something. So that's where, you know, as a, a couple, we were able to kind of learn each other's, you know, thinking styles and how we how our brains work in a way that I don't think we ever would have figured out uh, had we not decided to basically build a house. Um, For me personally, um, I think the biggest thing is just like learning to live with less is something that I have really enjoyed about living in a van so far. Um, We realized pretty quickly, you have this big apartment or this big house, you know, wherever you are and you just have things to fill it up with 
and it's things you don't always have to necessarily have or use. When you live in a tiny space, everything is utilized. You use everything, um, and you kind of learn, you know, learn to live with less. Learn to, yeah, just learn learn to live with less. But my last question is, uh, you know, the twenty percent. If you were speaking to them directly, and these are people of the twenty percent that they're not caregivers, their kids aren't in school, so they can't leave. These are people that literally could go remote. They have everything lined up, but they just can't get over that last hump mm -hmm. to pull the trigger like you guys did to actually get it done. Mm -hmm. If you were to give them any advice, and again, it doesn't have to be rose-colored glasses. It can be, it's gonna cost more. It can be, mm -hmm. you only have so much time to live. It can literally be on either end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to that 20% that just can't get over the hump? They're watching these videos trying to find the motivation. What would you say to them if you were speaking directly to them? My advice might, <laughs> might sound a, a little more morbid, unfortunately. Um, but my advice is break the mold and like do what you want to do when you're young or just at this point in your life. Um, the way I look at things is there's no point in saving everything till you retire and then go travel the U.S. when you're retired because you don't know what your situation is going to be like when you're retired. Um, it ended up working out for me and Christine that we could do it now, uh, and I wouldn't change anything. Uh, just kind of do it, I guess. Yeah, I would say just take the leap. You have to have a little bit of faith that things are going to work out and have faith in yourself that you're going to be able to figure things out as you go along because it is a little bit scary to, you know, completely change your life, leave your family and friends behind and mm. everything that you've ever known. But like Brandon said, we wouldn't change it for the world and might as well just do it now before, um, you know, life happens and you might not be able to in the future. You guys ever read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss? Mm -mm. I would not be here right now if it wasn't for that book, but he talks about a section in there. It's called The Deferred Life Plan, where people work until their golden years yeah. and the actual stats of how long you live after you retire as well as your actual income the average american it was like 12 years after your entire life of working and the average monthly income was like three thousand dollars mm. you know through the pension and all that mm -hmm. savings so it's like why have the deferred life plan like live your life as if you're retired Mm -hmm. um, I highly suggest it if you guys are into yeah. books, books or whatever. Who's that? Tim Ferriss? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tim. I'll look it up. I've listened to that book on Audible like six or seven times mm -hmm. easily. Thank you guys so much for watching our tour. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to follow along with us, um, you can find us on all social media, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, our Instagram handle is The Wandering Wings, and that's what we use on all of our different social media channels. So. Thanks for watching. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks.